Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one yeah, too. That was mine. I know. <laughs> that was mine. Hello there. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to another episode of Don't Give a 50, the podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. Shout out to our tribe of awesome 50-ishers who are tuning in each week and to everyone who took the time to review our podcast. We are super excited to be sharing this journey with all of you and your reviews really help. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and also tell your friends. We'll leave a link in the show notes to make it easy. So Trish and I have had a few belly laughs, training stories about adventures we've had over the years with our hair. If you remember spiral perms, a can of lacquer, streaks and teasing your fringe vertical, then you get where we're coming from. Anyone nodding right now is part of our tribe. So with so many changes occurring in midlife, we wanted to have a chat about the changes that occur to our hair. For many of us, hair is inextricably linked to our ideal of what it is to be feminine. And many of us have spent years chasing that ideal. And yet hair, like many other parts of a woman's body, undergoes changes at this time. But not all of us have great hair. Some of us don't have any hair. Some of us are losing our hair. Some have lost their hair in traumatic circumstances. So it's a big deal for us. It's a huge deal. So I guess, um, where do we start? Do we start at the top and work down? I guess we've got to talk about the hair on our head, the hair on our face. (laughs) 
the hair on her fanny and all the bits in between. So much hair. So when you were talking earlier about hairstyles through the 80s, well, that was some of my Glory Day signature series of hairstyles. Has that triggered memories for you? It has triggered memories. One in particular, there was a girl that I just so wanted her hair. Her name was Bridget Wilkinson. She was a model on the Sunshine Coast. Hello, Bridget, if you were out there. I remember her. Yeah. So she had a spiral bob like it was shoulder length and spiral and oh my god I was so in love with it I and at this stage my hair was long and straight and was desperate for it and you know mum was normally pretty obliging but no spiral perm for me but mind you if I can go through the archives ladies and I might share a few photos on my Instagram my hairdo from my school formal <laughs> was quite spectacular. I remember it. Yeah, so I whilst it wasn't a spiral <laughs> perm, I did have it set to get that same spiral effect. I remember when and setting getting your hair set was yeah, a thing. I had it all pushed mm. over to one side, long and in this glorious spiral set and then the shoulder straps on my formal dress were actually diamantes <laughs> so to keep in thing with the dress I had a zigzag of diamantes through my hair mm. oh I do yeah. remember that those yeah. are some great shots oh yeah we should, well you know let's just go back to complete the look we also had the Revlon duo eyeshadow of cerise and electric blue <laughs> with the electric blue <laughs> Mascara and the cerise lips. Cerise is And such I think a great I may girl. have also had some cerise talons on my fingernails. Nice porcelain nails. Stop. Actually, fun fact <laughs> I borrowed your shoes to go to that formal because they were the same blue silk as my dress. You and they, did. they were half a size too small and I had the worst <laughs> blisters. Anyway, we digress. Yet again. Jesus. Okay, Trish, we need to start. At the head. At the head. And we're working our way down. We talk about our hair on our head and I know with me my hair's getting greyer and as it gets greyer it's getting coarser. So my hairdresser, um, Sharon at Fusion Hair, her and I have this ongoing thing because I have really wholeheartedly been obsessed and wanted to throw myself into the balayage trend. And so over the last few years I've been, oh, can I have balayage, can I have balayage? And, you know, she's just given me a little bit of balayage here and there, I think, just to keep me quiet. But the thing is, Sharon is all about keeping the hair quality. And because my hair's going grey, because it's coarser, when you bleach it, it basically just snaps off or turns it into like frizzy doll hair. So, um, yeah, she is all for colouring it and caring for it, but not bleaching it. So when she's not around, if if she's like on holiday or something and I've booked in (laughs) with someone else, (laughs) and they go, what would you like today, Trisha? I go, oh, I thought I might just get some balayage. (laughs) And they go, oh, actually, Sharon mentioned. I'm like, oh, she's clued you in. She has oh, clued sure. you in. Can yeah. you 50 off, Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. <laughs> just give an old lady a bit of balayage, darling. And um, in true form, we put it out on the socials for people to send information, comments, etc., on hair. And yet again, Sharon has sent some information to just update me on the balayage sitch. Hey, Trisha Mel. So... Let's talk hair in your 50s. It's either dry shampoos, it's either bond building treatments, it's keratin, it's anything you want it to be. 
but let me just remind you ladies that we need to look after and care for our hair because any glamorous girl looks chic in healthy shiny hair so that's my main focus for my clients in their 50s to love their hair and look after it hence why Trish is no longer allowed to have balayage or as a matter of fact any form of bleach on her hair a semi-permanent color is just not going to cut it in your 50s we need hardcore and we need permanent so it looks like it's hardcore and permanent color for me it's it but, sounds so boring doesn't it oh it does <laughs> but you know yeah, let's embrace again, it. You can embrace it, and and we, her and I, have had the conversation about me transitioning to grey because I do love the actual ladies who are rocking grey hair, and I think that they are so beautiful. So I, I do want that for my future, but in me. I don't know if I'm ready to transition just yet. But our gorgeous friend Tanya, who has beautiful blonde hair, Tan actually left this message about her hair. I have been a bottle blonde for over 30 years now and now that I'm in my 50s, I am very grey. So instead of getting foils, highlights, um, every six weeks, my greys are my highlights. So my hair has never been healthier and it's a lot cheaper. So I've just embraced the greys. So if you can, embrace the greys. So I have a really similar experience to Tanya, actually. I mean, I haven't been a bottle blonde my whole life, but I've been naturally blonde. And I had like silver, white blonde hair as a child um, and growing up always been blonde. So now that I'm going grey, it's just naturally blending in with my hair colour, my darker hair colour. So my hair is getting darker as I get older, but the grey is sort of blending in with the, I guess, my natural colour, you could say, which is enhanced, by the way, by my hairdresser, who's a legend at it. And you know what? I trust her so much. I don't ask her any questions. I just sit there and let her work her magic. So yeah, I'm a little bit like Tanya. I'm embracing the grey. It doesn't bother me at all. And it just works. Yeah, so you're more of a hairdresser's dream rather than me being the hairdresser's nightmare. That's true. But that's also um, indicative of our personalities, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Not that you're a nightmare, Trish. I am a little bit of hard work. I just toe the line when I'm told. I'm so compliant. God, I'm boring. That brings me to, as discussed, the other ladies that we are seeing, especially on social media. There's a few that I follow. There's one, her Insta handle is Silver Disobedience. I think she may even be in the States, but she has this beautiful long grey hair. And there's so many as well from Australia. And the beautiful Melissa Lewins, Lewins, Mm -hmm. who is on Instagram, and she follows along with us and we follow along with her. She has embraced that journey of going grey. And she's shared her story with us as well. She has, Trish. And I, I must say, I, um, I've really enjoyed, I, well, I enjoy these women um, documenting their transition and I applaud them. It seems to be a really joyful and empowering experience for them. And they're all really, really happy with their, their results. So let's listen to Melissa's story. Hi, Mel and Trish. So excited to be part of Don't Give a 50. Now, I had had Oh, grey hairs, I'm going to say, probably started greying in my late 30s. So that's a a long time of colouring my hair. For a long time, I resisted going natural. And I think a part of that was the feeling of, you know, am I going to feel frumpy, which is, you know, the, the biggest thing for most of us, I suppose. But eventually, I decided 
about two years ago that I was sick of the time, I was sick of the cost, and that it was time to take the, the leap, I guess. So I thought about it for a couple of years and talked to my hairdresser and every time I was about to take the plunge, I'd have something coming up like my son's graduation from university or a family birthday and I didn't want to look too frumpy in the photos. How vain is that? But um, eventually after my son's second graduation, when he graduated with his master's, I thought, well, it's now or never and that was... December 2019, so even before COVID, and I started heading down the the transition, the grey transition, and then COVID hit, and it made life easy, to be honest, because suddenly I couldn't go to the hairdresser anyway. So I think at the point in time that I probably would have raced off and covered them up, I didn't have the option. I'd also started following a lot of the gorgeous grey or silver ladies on Instagram and that helped a lot for me because seeing so many gorgeous women looking absolutely fantastic with their naturally grey hair was a huge inspiration and probably kept me on track. And look, let me tell you, the first probably six months was really hard. So as the grey came through and I had the delineation of colour, it was it was a bit of a struggle. But as I said, no hairdresser, so it wasn't really an option. And then I started noticing how much healthier my hair was. And that was a real turning point for me. I'd always expected my greys to be really coarse and wiry. And I found that that wasn't the case at all. Suddenly I had this really healthy, silky hair. And that certainly made it much easier to cope with. The other thing I found really interesting is the colours that came through. So I discovered that my hair wasn't as grey as I expected it would be. So it's quite dark at the back with a bit of salt and pepper through it. But I've ended up with these absolute silver highlights all through the front. And a few people have asked me if I actually coloured those in. And I went, no, I've, I, it's completely virgin hair now. So I'll be two years. So I'm about 22 months, 23 months in. And I'll reach the two-year mark at the start of this December. And I've still got a bit of colour left in the bottom two inches, but that'll be out, I'm hoping, in my next haircut, whenever we can get to the hairdresser down here in Melbourne. So I'm really excited to see what that's going to end up looking like. For me, it's been probably the best thing that I think I've done to my hair probably ever, or since I started colouring it at the age of 18. My hair is so incredibly healthy. It's shiny. I use um, products that are, you know, for grey hair. It gets a little bit yellowy from time to time, but there's plenty of products out there that you can use. I absolutely love it, much more than I ever expected to. It's opened up a whole new colour palette for me when it comes to fashion, which was hugely surprising. I, I didn't expect that. And it makes my eye colour look a bit different. So I've always had quite hazel eyes, but these days they can occasionally look really green. So I'm just loving it. It's one of the best things I've ever done. And I would encourage anyone who's thinking about it to seriously give it a go, honestly. The great thing with it is, is that if you try it and you don't like it, well, you can go back to the hairdresser and have a change, get the colour put back in. I'd say to anyone thinking about it, you do need to give it a good three to six months because those first few months are really hard because you do just feel like your hair needs a colour. But um, if you persevere, it's absolutely worth it, I think. 
um, a lot of the girlfriends that I have who have gone silver are also really loving it and they look incredible and you'll know that from the girls you also follow on Instagram that are doing it. But um, it's honestly one of the best things I've ever done. I have absolutely no regrets. I will definitely not return to colour and I can't wait to see the end result, hopefully next haircut. So I hope that's helpful. Absolutely loving the podcast, you guys. It's just fabulous. And I'm like you guys, I don't give a 50. So can't wait to hear more. Love you. <laughs> Love you too, Love Melissa. You too. <laughs> I was interested then, um, Melissa's point about being patient and persevering because I know that that's where I would fail. Absolutely. And I think that that would be, you know, patience is not one of my virtues. Interesting too that we all quite often will associate grey with frumpy. You know, I she know. said she didn't want to feel frumpy, but yet the end result is so stunning. So I think it's the transition. I think it's that awkward, it's almost like a teenager, you know, you go through the kid years and then there's those few years that you're just kind of awkwardly growing into your own body. So that's it for your hair And I well. think I think too that when we view women with grey hair – to us, they look very beautiful, but when you're going through it yourself, if you're the one that's transitioning and you're trying to manage the transition, perhaps that's when you feel more frumpy. And once again, we always look at ourselves yeah. through a much harsher eye than other people will. Lens. But Trish, uh, lens. <laughs> well, you might have lenses, I have eyes. <laughs> the other thing is that is really quite profound. Oh, I don't know what the word is. Come on. Come on, uh, searching, you've searching, got it, you've searching. got it. Come on, give it to us. The other thing that I find very appealing is healthy hair. Yeah. Sharon, you didn't hear that. <laughs> but also the money you would save because with my dark hair and my grey yeah. roots, every five weeks yeah. at least. Yeah. Tell you one thing that I do get done that I do love and that is a keratin treatment. So it's a, it's kind of like a, oh, I don't know, Sharon, I don't know the exact what it does, but it straightens your hair and it kind of, so it's wash and wear, doesn't need as much styling and leaves it really soft and less fly away. So I probably get that done at least once a year, maybe before summer and it kind of makes my hair much softer because as I mentioned with the grey, I find that it's a coarser hair. But I think that that is probably a sign of a hormonal change as well. Yeah, good point. So um, I have a great friend, Karen, who is a GP. So I hit her up for all sorts of information for today's episode. And she was really gracious and kind in uh, giving me lots of information. So once again, starting at the head, Trish, and working our way down. <laughs> Upstairs and then we go downstairs. Why is it so- we lose it on top? <laughs> And it seems to come out on our face. So this is what she said. All very interesting questions and I'll try my best to answer them. Okay, your first one changes to the texture of the hair. Well, indeed, there is what's called female pattern hair loss, which occurs most noticeably sort of in mid-40s onwards. And that's when you get like a thinning of hair in the front third of the scalp. And that's partly because the hair follicle itself is thinner and it's also more fragile and the hair follicles are also a non-uniform kind of size. So, and because they're fragile, that means they might fall out more easily. Interestingly, the hair, uh, the hair thinning seems to increase with age with about 35% or more greater than 75-year-olds 
experiencing thinner hair, and but maybe about 19% of 45 to 54-year-olds experience it as well. Other important things, though, to consider, and this is more for hair loss, if it once again was, so we had what the male pattern baldness hair loss, but if it's also thinning or not looking great, you can think of there's other medical causes other than uh, menopause, and that would be like diabetes, thyroid disease, a very stressful event in your life, a poor diet. Some medications can cause it, like um, antacids and autoimmune medications, and also iron deficiency. So it's probably worth getting those things checked in case you have got something treatable that's causing your hair loss. So Tricia, Karen talks about hair thinning, which obviously is a huge issue for some women as they pass through menopause, as she mentioned, you know, 40 plus, 45 plus. Um, something a lot of people don't know about me, in fact, even a lot of, a lot of the girls in our friendship group is that um, I have alopecia. And so I was diagnosed with alopecia when I was 11. I found a big bald spot right on the top of my head. It just kind of came out of nowhere. And so mum took me to an endocrinologist and I was diagnosed and I have alopecia areata. So there's lots of different forms of alopecia. And so I lose hair in bald patches. It can go up to or bigger than a 50 cent piece, if you can imagine, but it grows back. And so I've been really lucky. I've just learned to live with it. Mum used to do my hair up in sort of half top top knots in primary school to cover it. I was very, very embarrassed by it when I was young. And I remember being at a school camp and I had some gel that I used to rub on it to stimulate the hair regrowth. And I hid it in my sleeping bag and I would put it on at night in the dark so nobody could see me because I was so embarrassed. Now, if I got diagnosed now, I'd be like, do you want to have a look at my bald patch? Like... I'm completely different now. Which I know this about you, but yep. this is something I have only found out in the last year or so, and I have known you for over thirty-five years. I've just be, I've become no very idea. good at covering the ball patches. I don't always have them, but they absolutely have got worse during menopause. And so I've got all these odd lengths of hair over my head. Sometimes I have hair when it's regrowing; it sticks straight up, and I really battle to bring it like back down. But it's also one of the reasons why I choose to wear my hair long, because although I'm not ashamed of having alopecia at all, I prefer to cover the bald spots when I get them. So. My mum, when she was in her early 30s, she has really, really beautiful, thick hair and it was always long when we were children and when she was in her early 30s she decided that she was too old to have long hair so she cut it and regretted it immediately and for the rest of my my childhood and my teenage years she used to remind me of this constantly and and always said to me Melinda never ever cut your hair before you're ready don't think that you have to cut your hair because you're too old because you're not and I and I regret it so that has always stayed with me and always just as a way of managing my alopecia as well but we were we were at a girls' lunch about 10 years ago and one of our really good friends was having a dig at me about having long hair and she's like, you you need to get your hair cut. It's too long. Come on. And I said, hey, did you realise that I had alopecia? Oh, yeah. And How do you like st- that? <laughs> Man, that's a good comeback. Yeah. That's just an epic comeback. Pick, and your, pick your jaw up off the floor yeah, or your foot out of your mouth. Absolutely. And she said, Melinda, I did not know that. And I said, well, no, you know, I probably forgot to tell you. That's all. And, um, and she said, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. And that, that's the end of that. And I've always just admired your glorious long hair because it does. It looks thick. It looks glorious. And, yeah, I no idea. No, no most, idea. Most people don't. An interesting point about your mum cutting her hair. And, and I think because I always had really long hair and that was probably right up until my late... 
20s and I think that it's kind of like when you get a bit older or you go through a relationship breakup or different things and I think also young kids is that one of those points in time where you just want to change and quite often that will be and I think also when ladies cut if they've had long hair and they cut it short a lot of the times with young kids it's just for pure convenience because you're just you don't have much time you're busy it's a busy time of life some of the longest days of your life (laughs) but they go so quickly they do such a blessing Look, and that's enough of the serious stuff, Trish, right? Okay, so I live with alopecia and I'm all good with it. Okay, I've learnt to live with it. So as we promise our audience, we started upstairs and we're going to head downstairs. Downstairs. And once again, downstairs, let's take it all back to the 80s. Now, (laughs) in the 80s, if there was no grass on the wicket, you shouldn't have been playing cricket. As the saying goes. I never heard that one. I I stole it from a friend of mine. I stole it. I have to own up to that. And the other thing is, another saying back in the day was, you know, girls who shaved the cave. (laughs) I have heard that one. (laughs) Were, you know, it was thought to be a bit risque, you know. It was kind of a little bit almost sexual to do something like that. But now, in this day and age, it is purely just grooming. It's clean, it's tidy, and that's what the girls are doing. Yeah. You know, I think some of us still have that little bit of a moral stigma going, oh, you know, we're ladies and God put hair there for a reason. It's to keep some bacteria out and keep you tidy. Well, that's what Karen uh, says yeah. about bacteria. I don't know, hair produces oils and that helps prevent bacteria so you're less likely to get infection. So it does actually serve a purpose. And as for why we have pubic hair, I thought it was for protection. It probably is a bit of a protective for when we have intercourse. It reduces friction. So skin on skin's got more friction than hair on hair. And when I looked it up, there was also, it can be because the hair follicles produce sebum, which is an oil, that might prevent a bacteria from reproducing there. So it might decrease your risk of getting infection down there as well. That's a really interesting point. Mm-hmm. You know, she talks about sexual and the cushioning. But, you know, <laughs> I just want to reflect back to our hair getting coarser and more wiry. I mean, that is also happening downstairs for some. So maybe it's not as cushioning as it once was. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out too, oh, yes. it's not just women who are grooming themselves downstairs. Yes. Well, you know, in our house it's just the women. <laughs> but quite often men and in their midlife, they're losing hair on their heads. So not only are they shaving their heads upstairs, they're also shaving downstairs. So yeah. once again... Cushioning, not so much. But I, I, I talk about the 80s bush and, you know, being bald as a badger and all of those sorts of things. But I remember in the 80s, I actually worked in a ski lodge in America for about three months. So when I went over there, I was 18. I was a sunny coast girl used to going to the beach. So, you know, very tidy little landing strip downstairs. I really feel like I'm oversharing, but we're here now, so I'm going to go with it. So then in this – and I didn't go to a boarding school or anything like that. So then we are in this communal shower in the ski lodge and I was in there with this woman who was much more mature than me, but she had grown up in Colorado. So she was a a skier as such and it's the middle of winter. So she's stripped off to get into the shower and, my God, she had the most – 
Like it was a big 80s bush and I was standing next to her with this little... Landing strip. I had, yeah, it was like one of those moments like, Trish, stop looking at it. <laughs> I mean, you know, really, it was quite magnificent but, you, you know, it was stop just it contrast. The so more <laughs> what I'm saying, to each their own. To each to their each own. Because we don't give a 50. We don't. But <laughs> in saying th- that, the whole grooming of downstairs is quite a quite a, a um, rite of passage as such and over the years I think women have evolved with the grooming trends downstairs. In the, uh, in the light of oversharing, I, th- I think that I'll just continue on that path this episode. So I remember... <laughs> I'm really going to go here. Um, so getting young kids and getting some wax and just thinking oh you know what because you know I was living in a a smaller town so you didn't want to kind of go to the local salon and go can you you know wax off downstairs so I thought oh I'm just so sick of this I'm just gonna wax it all off and so I went to Woolies got some wax and went (laughs) home picked the kids up from school plonked them in front of the tv and it'd be high grade wax from Woolies wouldn't it very good quality (laughs) So following the instructions on the box, as I've mentioned, I'm not one for patience. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to put it, whack it all on. I've got a pretty high pain tolerance threshold. So I'll just whack it all on, let it dry and then just rather than do little strips, I'll just pull it off all at once and then it's over and done with. Oh my God. (laughs) So this shit set like, imagine a boiled lolly that's kind of In cotton wool. In your pubes. Like, the whole thing is basically just turned into a boiled lolly. And I'm trying to, like, I'm like I'm kind of talking to myself, like, okay, you can do this, just, just pull it all off, just pull it all off. Oh, my God. I could not pull it all off. So, the kids are in the laundry room, mummy, mummy. I'm like, I'm just in here, I'm just in the bathroom, it'll be right. Thinking, oh, my God, how am I, I think I might have to drive to the doctor and actually get this surgically removed. I'm going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I actually had to, like there I am in the bathroom and I went, okay, so I pulled my pants up with the the boiled dolly, wax, whatever you want to call it, still very much attached and actually went out to the kitchen and got a bottle of wine. (laughs) I thought, am I going to get through this? I'm going to have to drink my way through it. I think I may have even got some scissors. I mean, I wasn't going to take off a labby or anything, but I had to do something. I like the fact that you didn't want to go to the beautician and then potentially you end up in hospital. I didn't say I was saying. I didn't say I was saying. I didn't say I thought it through. I'm just saying I'm telling you all out there because I feel it's my job to let you know what and can one, happen. Once again, Trish, I think there would be listeners there nodding at the moment going, yeah. yep, done that. Anyway. I want to know what happened. Well, just it was a very long process and it came off, you know, like in little increments. It's almost like I had to get a chisel and crack it and then pull that bit off and then get another chisel and crack two, it. Two bottles of wine later. Oh, my God, but let me tell <laughs> you. You're free. Oh, my God. Do not do it, ladies. As the saying goes, paint is paint. Do not do your own waxing, especially downstairs. And especially with no expertise. Okay, so we have got so much to talk about. In and around here, Trish, we are going to have to break this up and create another episode. So this is going to be a double episode, I think, because we haven't even scratched the surface. That's probably the wrong phrase to use, but I'm just going to run with it. 
<laughs> so well, thank you. That's not my only nightmare downstairs story. So I'm sure you've got more, and I can't wait to hear. I have heard some of them. Nothing. But no, that's nothing, a cracker. Nothing that's a cracker. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, share with a friend, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Give a Fifty and email us at hello at Don't Give a Fifty We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what topic you'd like us to tackle next. Don't be shy. We're not. This is a judgment-free zone and we're always happy to hear from you. And remember, life is for living. Buy the shoes. Eat the cake. Drink the wine. Use the good stuff. Cut your hair. Wear it long. Go natural. Just don't give a 50 because we're all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege. And ladies, think once, think twice, think do not do your own Brazilian. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.